Today's episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the service of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer, no special supplies or equipment, and within minutes you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want send and you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from usps and ups once your mail's ready just schedule a pickup or drop it off no traffic no lines and now stamps.com has a new rate advisor tool that lets you compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option save time and money with stamps.com there is no risk and with my promo code pod you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in pod that's stamps.com promo code pod stamps.com never go to the post office again thank god hey what's up everybody how you doing tonight episode number 199 drink it to your podcast the only podcast that lasts until the last drop how the hell is your sunday going how the hell was your week i hope you're doing all right uh it's late sunday night here for me uh, if you couldn't tell by my ad, my voice was all scratchy. I, I, I listened back to it, and I was like, i, I got to brush my teeth or something. Um, so now I'm punishing myself by drinking a seltzer. You know, those two things don't go well together. Uh, but I'm having one anyway, so if you got them, drink them. Bottoms up. Cheers, everybody. And I swear by these. These are Vista Bay hard seltzers. These are the ones you get at Aldi. It's a 12-pack of 12-ounce cans for 11 bucks i believe you're not gonna beat that deal and they're delicious like i I love all the you know okay let me be honest except for the lime the lime's like you know it's decent it's not undrinkable but it wouldn't be my first choice so anyway yeah 12 12 bucks for this case you're basically paying a dollar per and you go to 7-Eleven, you get Topo Chico. I think that's $17.99 for a 12-pack of 12-ounce cans. The Bud Light's more – everything else is more expensive. Bud Light, you know, 12-ounce, 12 12-pack 12 of cans is 18 bucks. It's just the best deal. And it's – I mean, I'm not missing anything here. 5% alcohol by volume. That's all I need right there. That's all I need to know. Let's take another drink. But I have this trick um, – I have this trick to help my daughter go to sleep, and I just kind of figured it out a couple of days ago. She brought me this paintbrush, you know, and so I just kind of started, you know, doing the paintbrush on her face, you know, the little the little tip of it lightly over her face. You know, I'm drawing her eyebrows and just kind of talking to her and stuff, and she loves it. She, she's gotten to the point to where she won't let me stop doing it. If I If she's laying there doing something, watching TV, and I stop using the paintbrush on her face she's like daddy and she'll point to her face and i'm like you want me to do more she's like yeah so she won't let me stop but it's actually kind of working out because my daughter has trouble sleeping sometimes you know she just she has the fomo you know she's like, what's mom and dad doing i i gotta see they're in there laughing i i can hear them talking and she's not in a crib anymore so she can just get up out of her bed and come check on mom and dad she always comes in rubbing her eye like she you know oh i just woke up no you didn't wake up you hadn't even been to sleep yet go go lay back down anyway so she has trouble sleeping so i figure out this thing with the paintbrush and i'm laying there with her tonight and i'm just going over her face and 
all this and that. And, you know, every time my arm starts to get, you know, a little tired, I've been doing it for like 30 minutes at this point. And my arm gets tired. She's a dad-dad pointing at her face. I'm like, all right. So I'm just adjusting all over the bed, trying to get her to fall asleep. But it's actually working. And the only thing that's working is like when I pretend like I'm putting eyeshadow on her eyelids. I'm like, okay, baby, close your eyes. She closes her eyes, and that just makes her a little bit more sleepy. And I do one eye for a little bit of time, and then I do another eye for a little bit of time. And that by, by the time I'm done, she's held her eyes closed for like 45 seconds. You know, and she's already sleepy, so she starts to go out and she wants me doing it, you know. So the Wi Fi goes out tonight at the perfect time. I already have her sleepy, the lights are out, she's in bed, she's sleepy, she, we're watching TV, and the Wi Fi goes out at a perfect time. I go turn it off, all the lights are already out. And so I get in bed with the, you know, with her, with the, the paintbrush, and I'm just going over her face, and I'm, you know, let, let me do your eyes, close your eyes, and I just keep doing the eye trick, and dude, it worked like a charm. She was in bed, asleep by her bedtime. It was great. It worked out perfect. The only thing about it is, that, I mean, it worked on me, too. You know, like, putting her to sleep put me to sleep. I ended up falling asleep, and I'm like, oh, shit, I wake up, and I'm like, I got to do the podcast. You know, I get out from under her. I got to pull my arm out from under her and come in here and do this thing. And uh, so it's a little trick, you know, if you have kids, if if you're trying to having trouble putting them to sleep. I don't know if it'd work on little boys. They might be irritated by it. I don't know. It's just, you know, each individual child is different. So there you go. There's my dad hack for the night. I've done my good deed for the day. Cheers, everybody. Oh, how are you Oklahoma fans feeling, man? Uh, that can't be, you can't be feeling good. Not the way it ended. That was bullshit. That they got everybody off the field just to let Baylor kick a meaning, meaningless field goal with three, like three seconds left. What was the point of that? You know, uh, that was kind of weird. That kind of pissed me off a little bit. You know, I'm not, I am going for Oklahoma this season, but I'm like, if it's pissing me off and I'm I'm just new into this, like it it obviously said something, you know. They shouldn't have done that. That seems silly. There was nothing Oklahoma could have done at that point in the game, even if they would have grabbed the ball and run it down. That's still not enough points. You know what I mean? So what was the point of letting them, you know, kick that field goal? Oh yeah, that's right. It was twenty-seven to twenty-three at the time. Uh, I believe. Was it? Either way, it was silly. Everybody ran out on the field, and they're like, get off the field so they, we can kick this field goal. It didn't make any sense. Uh, so Oklahoma suffers their first loss of the season at the hands of Baylor, the Baylor Bears. You take 35 south down to Waco, and you're, you're in bear country. Um, and it's really weird, too, because, you know, just like Texas, UT is like the big brother. It's like, could you imagine being the big brother and getting your ass kicked? Uh, and then and my little brother's going to kick your ass. It's like, huh? Yeah, it didn't make any sense. And here comes Baylor, and they sure did. I guess if your little brother's lurch, you know, you, you might not have it. They just pick you up by your hair off the ground. <laughs> your leg's just kicking. Yeah, they, they, They've done the Texas tour, too. Uh, they beat University of Houston. I, I mean, no, no, that was way too long ago. That's not the start of the season, is it? Yeah, that was it. That was their first game. Okay, so Texas tour. Here we go. University of Houston, forty-nine to thirty-one. Let's see. Texas Tech, fifty-five to sixteen. Good lord, they beat the shit out of them. Uh, the Texas uh, Red River Shootout UT game, uh, thirty-four to twenty-seven. Oklahoma. Obviously, they were undefeated up until yesterday. 
Uh, and then who else did they have? Yeah, and then Baylor. Wait, they already beat Baylor. Oh, they already beat Baylor 34-31. to 31. I didn't know that. Is this the right schedule? What the hell am I looking at? Oh, I'm sorry. That was from the, okay, Peach Bowl. That's got to be last season. Yeah, 19. My bad. Okay, let's do the Texas tour. Here we go again. Try number two. Take two. Here we go. Uh, okay, Texas. Yeah, they take out Texas, 55 to 48. Uh, they take out TCU, 52 to 31. Uh, they take out Texas Tech, 52 to 21. Here comes Baylor the next game, 27 to 14. Uh, I watched a little bit of the game, and it's just, you know, same as my Cowboys, man, against Denver. You just couldn't get anything started, and it, it just chalk it up to uh, you had a bad week. And I'm not saying anything, you know, like Denver, the Broncos versus my Cowboys. They didn't deserve to win. They definitely came in with a good game plan and a chip on their shoulder. What was the guy saying after the fact? Uh, kind of pissed me off from Denver. Um, oh, yeah, it's it's disrespectful to go for it on fourth down. No, it's not. It's a down for a reason. I can do whatever uh, whatever I want with my down. If I choose to punt on first down... You know, every down, that's my choice. You know, you're not going to get mad about that, are you? That's a losing strategy for sure. But, <laughs> you know, like, I can go for it on fourth down. That's not dis- – how is that disrespectful? It's risky. I'm risking it. You know, if if you get the ball, which you're trying to do actively, <laughs> I, I lose out. I put you on the 50 or better field position for you if I go for it on fourth. It's not disrespectful. If anything, you should want people to go for it on fourth. fourth. I can't even speak. I'm so irritated by it. <laughs> it's disrespectful. I just trying to create drama. It's not a bat flip, you know. Someone didn't fucking piss on your logo and at center field. You know what I mean? Like that's not disrespectful. You have the down for a reason. You can do whatever the fuck you want with your down. Anyways, all right, rant over. Let's take another drink. Oh, dude, I have to tell you guys, I had practice yesterday. My my band finally got together. It just seems like ages before we can get together. But we finally made it happen on my way to band practice. I'm just like flustered, man. There's just so much traffic and I'm just not having a good time driving out. You know, I got to drive 45 minutes to get there. And I usually stay there for five, six hours and exhaust myself. So by the time I I'm driving home, it's like, and now I got to drive another 45 minutes and that's without traffic. If there's traffic going either way, you're sitting there for an hour at least, you know, both ways, which fucking sucks. I, I that doesn't sound like a lot uh, to a lot of people. You're probably laughing at me, especially if you're in like a congested area, but it's a lot for me. You know, for for someone who doesn't sit in traffic at all any day of the week, uh, it's it's a headache. So yeah, okay, I'll, I'll concede a little bit. Maybe I was being a little bit of a baby about it, but uh, you know, like I said, I'm just in a bad mood about driving out there. There's traffic everywhere. People are driving like assholes, cutting you off, and fucking honking at each other and swerving and just being idiots, just general idiots. Let me take this this point to say: don't drink and drive. Get an Uber. Get a Lyft. Uh, don't be a fucking idiot. But anyways, 
So I'm driving out there and I get turned around, you know, all these, I, I physically can't get over when I need to. There's a car in my fucking way. I need to go over, over to the left so I don't take the DFW airport exit. And I take the DFW airport exit anyway. And I'm just like even further irritated. You know, people are flying around me like trying to get to the, you got to pass through the gate. You know, when you're driving a car into there, you got to get a ticket. And, you know, so they know you were there. They're not just going to let you go in there for free. So anyways, I pull up to the little toll booth looking thing that has the, you know, the stopper arm that, you know, goes down in front of you and then it lifts up. So I pull up behind this guy. He, you know, does his thing. He drives away. I pull up. The lever goes down. The lever arm goes down. So I'm stuck there and I'm looking at this machine and I'm like, well, what do I do? You know, and while I'm looking at this machine trying to figure it out, I don't realize the lever arm goes up to like, go ahead, go through. So I'm like, it says, wave your hand, you know, to for the sensor or scan your QR code, wave your hand or scan your QR code. And so I'm like, well, I don't have a QR code. So I'm, <laughs> I'm waving my hand <laughs> at this, at this machine. And meanwhile, there's one car behind me. And then there's two cars behind me. Then there's three. And I'm watching all this, you know, as I'm waving my hand out my window like a fucking idiot at this machine. <laughs> there's these, there's a car like the third, finally by the third car, you know, the third car just starts backing up and going into another lane. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And the whole time, the lever arm is up. You know, like it's I can drive through at any time, but I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I can't just drive through like, you know, I'm glad that the lever arms up, but I need a ticket. Like, how do I get a ticket? So they know I was here. So when I leave, I give them the ticket and then they say, OK, it was this much, Mr. Sims, you know, like I, I where's my ticket? So I'm just like <laughs> stuck in all these cars, you know, honking and shit. And they're fucking mad at me. By this point, all three cars have gone into different lanes. Like this fucking idiot is sitting here and the lever arm is straight up in the air. He can drive through and he's not driving through. He's uh, he's waving his <laughs> he's waving his hand out the window at the machine like hi, like he knows it. And so finally, I'm just like, well, fuck it. I guess it doesn't give me a ticket. I see all these other people driving through. I'm just watching, observing. So I'm like, fuck it. All right, speed through. I'm like, I'm, I still got to be at band practice, you know, like I'm running behind at this point. It's taking me off tour. So anyways, you go on the little mini highway up to the airport. I don't know why they let you drive that fucking fast on that thing anyway. That's so dangerous, dude. Like, let's all stop for a little tollway so we can all get our imaginary tickets. And then let's all speed up as fast as we can to the airport and try to race each other. I mean, that's what it becomes every time, you know. So anyways, so I'm driving on this little mini highway for, that they have. You know, it's like starts off as, you know, 40 lanes and it funnels down to one somehow. So everybody's jockeying for a position. And as I'm trying, you know, I'm like, fuck, well, you know, I, I don't want to go too slow. You know, I don't want to be this fucking slow guy. And everybody's behind me honking again and getting pissed off. Like, how many people have I already pissed off? I know three at least by this point. So anyways, so I floor it, <laughs> you know, I floor it and I start flying down this little mini highway that eventually comes down to, you know, different lanes to take you to different parts of the airport. And I'm probably passing people that I've pissed off already. Like they know my car by now. They're like, what a fucking idiot. This, there goes the guy that was waving at the machine. 
you know. <laughs> so anyway, you know, it's just stressful. I'm stressed at this point. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. I'm stressed as fuck as, at this point. I'm already late for practice. I already took a turn I didn't want to take because as a result of traffic and people driving like shit. And, you know, a little bit of me, too, because I wasn't in the proper lane. I wasn't over to the left and I wouldn't have gone to the airport. So anyway... I make it past this, you know, the little ticket thing. We're all flying and we're all driving and I'm stressed out and I'm driving past people that I probably pissed off. And there's other people driving, going even faster than me. You know, I'm just trying to go the minimum speed limit and they're just flying past me. And I'm just, I'm lost in the airport. I'm like, where's the exit? I need something that says exit. Where the fuck is the exit? And, and, you know, and I'm in my car and I'm screaming. I'm probably, I'm saying some things you wouldn't say in church or to your mama, you know. Uh, So I'm stressed the fuck out and I'm like, where the fuck's the exit? I just need a sign that says exit. And my only saving grace was like a red GMC, like SUV that knew less than what I knew of what they were doing because I they were going so they were going like 25 miles an hour on this little highway thing you know on this it starts to get to the turns or whatever so I just jump behind them I'm like I'm going to stay safe that I just had to ride their coattail you know going 25 miles an hour until I could get my bearings and figure my way out of this fucking hellhole you know <coughs> so you know And I texted the band, you know, I I pulled over for a second where you like pick someone up. I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to be late. You know, um, you know, I got I got lost at the airport. I've lived here my whole life, but I got turned around at the airport. And uh, I just want to let you guys know that the airport's still here. You know, it's still doing good. There's people, planes taking off, planes landing luggage you know people smiling meeting each other oh hey how you doing they got signs you know so the airport's doing good just did did a random audit and i just want (laughs) you know whatever but anyways i so i made it to band practice about 45 minutes later which was a super productive uh practice dude and i'm starting to uh i'm starting to uh actually for the first time in my life I'm actually starting to write some lyrics. I don't know where they're coming from, uh, but I don't want it to stop. Like I, I've never been in this position before. I'm I'm terrible with writing lyrics normally. Uh, so I have a couple of songs just personally in the works. Um, I don't know if it'll be cashing in stuff. I don't know if uh, it'll be maybe just something I do later down the road or whatever. But, uh, you know, I'm just bad. I'm, I'm bad with the rhyming. And it's not that I can't rhyme. It's just like I, I rhyme like a – I was listening to my son the other day. He's like playing his little pretend guitar. And he's like – he's kind of, you know, mumbling a little bit. He's like, turn to the wall and call and tall. You know, he's like rhyming the same word. You know, the same sounding word. And it's like the, I, I'm laughing at myself in the living room listening to him. And he thinks I'm laughing at him. Like, Are you laughing at me? I was like, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at myself. He's like, why? And it's just like because that's how I write lyrics. <laughs> you know, that's exactly how I do. Wall. Okay, what rhymes with wall? Fall. Okay, what else? Call. Uh, Saul, that's a name. That doesn't really fit. You know what I mean? Like it's not 
I'm, I'm not great at it is what I'm trying to say. And it's, it's just hilarious to like, listen to my son do that and realize that I'm sorry, son. I know where you get it from. It's, it's from me. I apologize. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyways, let's take another drink. All right. So I'm going to start a new segment on the podcast. It's called underrated tweet of the week. And it's an account uh, uh, you should all follow. It's at Drink Until You. It's my account. Yes, I'm boosting myself up. I'm propping myself up. Uh, I'm saying I I have the best tweets. I have an underrated Twitter account, and I think you should all follow me if you have Twitter. Uh, at Drink Until You. So here is my underrated tweet of the week. I'm not going to try to do a song because every time I do that, I do the same song. Uh, so underrated tweet of the week was a retweet and it was a 20 it was 25 years ago Ron Hextall and Felix Potvin how long has it been since you've heard those names let me say those again Ron Hextall and Felix Potvin uh they got into a fight two goalies in a game got into a fight 25 years ago uh which is really cool footage to see you just don't see that kind of stuff anymore uh Ron Hextall obviously being from uh, the Flyers, Potvin being from uh, the Leafs. I say obviously. I, I I know Ron Hextall. I grew up on, you know, early hockey when you, when goalies did fight, dude. I loved it. It was great, man. I loved it. I I remember several. This this is what to this day makes me hate uh, Detroit, man. I, I remember just bench clearing brawls at Reunion Arena when the Stars would play Detroit. It was just ugly, and I tell this story every time. Uh, I th- I want to say it was Osgood that was in goal for Detroit the night I was there, uh, but I could be wrong. It might have been the backup. I feel like it was the backup. Osgood was out that night. Uh, so anyways, one of our guys, you know, we're, we're, we're playing down on the boards. We're down in Detroit's end, and we're working along the boards, and one of our guys loses a stick, and, you know, play gets away and he eventually just goes back to the to the bench to get another stick or, you know, make a line change or whatever. So their goalie grabs our guy's stick that's just left on the ice there. And normally, the you know, the ref will pick it up, but play has moved on down to Dallas's end. So all the, you know, all the fans in the stands are watching their goalie do this. And uh, he goes and grabs the guy's stick that accidentally lost it, you know, and, and went back to the bench or whatever. And he takes his skate and he steps on the you know the blade of the stick and he twists the stick until it snaps, and everybody in the the fucking AAC we all see it, and we just let him have boo just the loudest fucking roar of boos you could imagine, and 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 at that point people started throwing shit on the ice. I remember this. People were so mad that their goalie snapped because you know. Those this the sticks aren't free. They don't just give them away. You know it costs money. So it's like you know, not only did he break our team's stick, but you know it's gonna cost the guy. You know, it kind it's it's a fucking mean thing to do. So people just are in an uproar. They're booing like you wouldn't believe. That place is just filled up with boo, with booing, <laughs> with boo. Uh, and, and people just start throwing shit on the ice, beer, you know, fucking napkins, not everything's just start throwing shit on the ice. And I remember the announcer came over the PA system and it's just like, if, if you keep doing this, you know, your team will forfeit the match and all this and that. Oh, dude, there was so many great, uh, 
hockey goalie fights, dude. So many. I know Osgood's definitely been in a fight or two as a goalie. Uh, and, and there's something about those goalies too, man. I, I would equate them to like pitchers. You know what I mean? In, in in baseball, like they're very fucking temperamental. You know, you get in their crease. Who was uh, the fucking Eddie Belfour was notorious for it, man. You get in Eddie Belfour's crease and he's going to hack you in the ankle with this fucking goalie stick. And that's that's a thicker stick. You know what I mean? Uh, I can't remember the last time I saw a good goalie fight. I don't I don't, I don't think it's happened in a long time. It's probably been, you know what, I have to look it up. When was the last goalie fight in the NHL? It's kind of, and you know when that happens too, the goalies don't go serve the penalty. You know, they have to get someone from the bench to serve the penalty for the goalie. So it's not like it's not in the game anymore because, you know, the it's it's not a good strategy. It does, I mean... If both guys are fighting, both teams are going to get penalized, and that's that. Okay, the last time two NHL goalies fought was back in 2013 when Braden Holtby, currently a Dallas Stars goalie, and Ray Emery went at it. So Saturday's punch-up has definitely made waves around the hockey world. Saturday's punch-up. Flames goalie Talbot smile all smiles about tilt against Smith. Okay, so before 20. After 2013, there's only been one. Well, why didn't they say that it was that one? Why didn't they say it was the Flames goalie? You gave me the wrong date. Do NHL goalies ever fight? Hell yeah, they used to. Uh, But see, that's what I love, man. I hate this. I'm just going to sound like an old douche. I know when I say this, but I hate how they're making it soft. I hate it, dude. They're just trying to get all the skill in and take all the grit out. But the grit is what makes the game beautiful, man. Uh, the fact that you can you know, enforce some rules yourself with certain players you have on your team. Oh, excuse me, on your team. I love it. It's great. It's, you know, it's like street justice. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> maybe the guy's not going to get a sentence, but he's going to get some street justice. You know what I mean? That's That's what it is to me. You know, you hit our star player. Well, we're going to get some ice justice just doesn't sound the same. That sounds stupid. But you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway, let's take another drink. All right, so we're going to do something we haven't done in a while. We're going to end this episode with some drink recommendations. Uh, I have four here for you. Uh, Starting off with the White Russian, we're going to go Black Russian, Colorado Bulldog, and then All World Bulldog. Uh, for drink recommendations. So here's how you make a white Russian. Pretty simple. Ice in a glass, over of vodka, under of coffee liqueur. You top it off with milk or cream. Uh, and basically how to make that into a black Russian is just no no milk, no cream. So you would do over vodka, under liqueur, um, over ice, obviously. Uh, the next one, uh, sounds kind of weird, but I, I'm telling you, if you try it, if you've never had it before, it is actually really, really good. Um, you're going to need it over a vodka, an under of coffee liqueur. You top it off with milk or cream, and then you add a splash of Coke on top. That's the Colorado Bulldog. Uh, sounds gross. Tastes like a shake or like a, um, what do you call it, like a float or something. Uh, and the last one is... Uh, you just substitute Malibu for vodka, so it's a little bit lighter of a drink. 
uh, because the Malibu is a liqueur. Uh, but I'm sure it'll still get the job done. So you do an over of Malibu, an under of coffee liqueur. You top it off with milk. That's the all-world bulldog. Um, or cream. Yeah, milk or cream. I, you know, whatever, whichever way you want to go. Uh, either way, don't drink and drive. Get an Uber, get a Lyft. Cheers, everybody. All right, that's going to do it for me. I do have one thing to recommend uh, before I stop. I just found out about this on Roku. Uh, it's Bill Burr's new show he's on uh, called Immoral Compass. I've, I've seen the first uh, four episodes, and, dude, I love it. I, I got to watch it. The Roku wasn't in the room with my daughter right now. I would go watch immediately. Uh, but I loved it, dude. I was hooked after the first episode. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to describe. It's not horror. Um, it's maybe a little bit suspenseful. It's a little off. It's a little odd. You know, it's just like a interesting story. There's always like a twist or a turn in the story that you weren't expecting, and it's really, really cool. Um, Immoral compass. Uh, what was the one? So they do the episodes by like, uh, I think the first one's called guilt. Uh, second one's called anger, you know, so they're going through like different emotions or whatever. And it's really cool. The, the best word I have to describe it is irreverent. And that's only because Netflix taught me that word. And I, uh, that's exactly what it is, you know, just making light of something super dark. Uh, so I can't wait to finish the series. I hope they make more of them. I think it was... Sort of like um, just what I gathered from interview the interview I heard with Bill Burr the other day. It's sort of like a Stranger Things vibe, you know, just more adult, you know, a little bit more adult. And uh, it's like you just get a different story every time. I think the thing with Stranger Things was they were supposed to make, you know, the first part of it. And then the next time they put out a series of episodes, it was going to be a different story. And then the next time was going to be a different story. You know, just like a series of books or something. So they stuck with their same one because obviously it was a hit. Uh, you know, everybody fell in love with the kids, the characters, and everything like that. So uh, this is kind of along that same path, I feel like. Each each episode's a different story, and it's you know telling you something different, and something fucked up's going to happen in it. Best way I can describe it. So anyways, that's going to do it for me for the night. Thanks for listening. Episode number 199, Drink It Till You Podcast, the only podcast that lasts until the last drop. That means you got to drink your, your booze before I hit the pause button. Uh, so bottoms up, everybody. Cheers. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.